0: time this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom i'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart they've got passion for god they're leading intercession on their schools they're set apart consecrated under god and they've got a vision and a mission for their life dsm let me hear you tonight come on someone shout at me shout at me come on someone say storm the gates come on say like you mean it storm the gates Good, you guys glad to be here tonight? Oh, come on, I thought you'd be more excited to be here than that. Who's excited to be here? Good, me too. I'm excited to be with you. We are launching this series, Storm the Gates, this idea of prayer as our weapon as we storm the gates of hell. And I want to read, we're going to jump right in, is that okay? We're going to jump right in. I'm going to read Matthew 16, verse 18. Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are here. You are active. God, I pray that tonight you would stir and speak and move within us. God, I pray that you would cause the scripture to come alive, that you would cause our hearts to burn within us as you speak to us. God, I pray tonight that young men and young women would be called to the place of prayer, would be moved to be men and women of intercession that storm the gates of hell, that your kingdom would prevail, that your kingdom would advance. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Amen. Jesus talking to Peter here. And he says, I'm going to call you Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. They will not overcome it. And I love this verse this idea as we think about it, as we picture it, and Jesus saying, I, I'm building my church, and you have an enemy. There's a real enemy that's going to come and attack. He's coming, as Caleb prayed about earlier, that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus comes to bring life and life to the full. We have a real enemy that wants to attack, that wants to kill, that wants to steal, that wants to destroy. My guess is many of you have even felt that in your own life at different times. You have felt the attack of the enemy. And so we read this verse and we say, yes, I, I know that's true. And I'm going to stand on the fact that, that the gates of hell will not overcome me. The gates of hell will not overcome the church. But here's a, a weird, there's a weird word in that verse. The word Gates. Like, what, is, what does that even mean, the gates of hell? So, I mean, we're picturing, we, we know that we have an enemy that, like, attacks us and comes after us. And so, like, what does that mean? The, the gates of hell, does that mean that, like, Satan has, like, a picket fence and he, like, attacks us with gates? He's like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And he's, like, attacking us with this gate, right? Oh, that must be what Jesus was talking about. No, 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 that's not where, there's there's no fence that Satan is stabbing us with, okay? So this is not about Satan stabbing you with a fence. See, gates are there for defense. Gates are a preventative measure. Gates are not there for the offense. Gates are there for the defense. So I'm gonna tell you a really quick story. I hope it's quick at least. A few years ago, I was young and dumb, or at least younger and dumber, and uh, my, my buddies and I were hanging out Uh, in Denver. We were driving around trying to figure out something to do. Uh, It was the time of night that we should have been at home, yet we were young and dumb, and being that way, we were like, what should we do? And so we're just driving around, and we're driving up I-25, and we see this giant facility called Mile High Stadium, and we thought, guys, like, what if we, like, get in there? And like, go look at the field. Like, how cool would that be? And so we're like, let's just go see. Let's just just, just see. Like, we'll, we'll just drive. We're, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to we're just going to get off the freeway. And just drive towards it. And then we, we got closer and we're like, well, what if we like parked? Uh, okay, we we're already parked. What if we just get out? They might have left a door open. If they left a door open, then they're really just asking us to come in. So so let's just go see if we can find a door. And so we walk up to the stadium, and we see a giant gate that is chained shut. And we thought, huh, I, maybe like, maybe they still would be okay with us going in, I don't know. I wonder if there's like, this is just one gate. I wonder if there's another place where we could go in. Maybe there's a, this is a big building, we could walk around it. There might be another door that's open. So we started to walk around. We weren't praying circles around it. We were just walking around it. And, and we came to this fence. I mean, it wasn't a gate. It was like a fence. And it was like eight feet tall. And we were like, guys, if they didn't want us to go in, they would have put barbed wire on the top, right? Like, they would have put a higher fence. They, I mean, they, they're practically inviting us in by just putting this short fence here. Let's just, I mean, what? What's the worst that could happen? Like I think that we're supposed to do this, so we start to climb the fence, and a couple of us get over the fence, and we like scurry and go stand behind like a pillar, and we're hiding from security. And I I don't know why we were hiding because we knew we were in the right because they were practically inviting us in with the short fence. And then one of my buddies climbs the fence and puts, you know, like he's about to get over the fence and he's like here, right? And he stops and he's just shaking. And we're like, dude, what are you doing? Come on, we're like, let's go look at the field. Come on, come on. And he's like, guys, 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 I'm afraid of heights. (laughs) And we're like, well, why did you climb up the fence? We are in a hurry, what are you doing up there? Besides, it's eight feet, it's not a height. Come on, get down here, get down here. And he was stuck, shaking. <laughs> I mean, he was praying right then. So we did what any good friends would do. We left him. <laughs> and we ran in. And we took, it took about two seconds to see that field. We were like, oh, great. Oh, and we booked it back to the fence. And we climbed over. We helped him down. And we were like, "Woo! that was good. Look at that. But like, maybe... I mean, we only looked at it for like a couple seconds. There might be another door that's open. So we kept walking around, and uh, it didn't take long until we turned the corner to see a giant room full of TVs and security cameras that were pointed directly at where we had just been, and some security guards. And we were like, oh, I'll just, you know, we'll be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. cool." (laughs) So fellas, hey, we're just like seeing if, like, there's a door open, we can, get, we're just trying to see if we can get in. And they were like, yes, we know. <laughs> Needless to say, that night I learned that even fences that are short are designed to keep you out. And I recommend to all of you, do not try that. It did not go well for us, it would not go well for you. But the point of gates, the point of fences is to keep us out, to keep people out, right? So, what is Jesus saying when he says, the gates of hell will not prevail, the gates of hell will not overcome it? Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, hey, church, believers, Christians, be offensive you're not on the defense you're not supposed to be listen we are not supposed to be people that just stay back in our holy huddles and try to defend and keep the world out and we're like let's just stay safe in our little cute huddle and we don't want any of the bad things in we don't want to talk to bad people we don't want to hear bad things we just need to stay here and if people come to us and knock on our door and say hey i'm hurting and broken will you let me in we'll let them in but otherwise, we're just going to do whatever it takes to keep the bad out. And Jesus said, that's not my kind of people. My kind of people are the kind of people that go on the offense. My kind of people are the kind of people that, that the gates of hell cannot keep you out. We're going to go. We're going to be offensive. So if I was to title tonight, it's this. Be offensive. We want you, as DSM, as Christ followers, to be offensive. We want you to be someone that offends the enemy. We want you to be someone that goes after, that storms the gates of hell. It's who we are. It's what we're called to be. It's not, it's not just this like cute idea where we're, we're like, oh yeah, well, we'll storm the gates. But what that really means is that we're just gonna be nice and cute and, and, and try to look a little bit different. But really we try to look the same, but we try to look the same while looking different. It's like, this is what we do as Christians. And No. It's that we're gonna see to it that the kingdom of God is advanced in our day yeah. and in our time. We're not gonna sit back Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and the forceful lay hold of it. The violent take it by force, Matthew eleven twelve. 12. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and the forceful will lay hold of it. The violent will take it by force. We are called to be people that forcefully advance the kingdom. Not to sit back, not to cower in fear, not that are like, oh no, what's gonna happen? I just, let's just keep up. No, 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 no. We are to take the good news that we've been given. Yeah. The good news that we know of a God that loves us, that is for us, of a savior who came to redeem us, of the God that comes to break the chains that bind us and pull back the bars that have held us back. And we're to take that into the darkness. We are to be carriers of light that take it with us, that don't shrink back. And here's one of the things that are not afraid. We are not to be afraid. 2 Timothy 1.7, you, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Romans 8.15, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. What that means is that we are sons. If you've said yes to Jesus, if you have said, I want to give my life to Jesus, then you are a son of the Most High. You are a daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's a good father. And he's the kind of father that says, hey, uh, if, if, if I'm for you, ain't uh, Ain't nobody going to be against you. If I'm for you, no one dare be against you. Yeah. See, we have no reason to fear, not because of, who, who, of how great we are, but because of how great he is. Yes. And you know, here's a little, a little secret. This enemy that has come to kill and to steal and destroy is terrified of our God. I mean, he is terrified of our God. James said this. He said, do you know that demons, even demons, believe in God and shudder? They hear his name, and they shudder. Here's what that means. Anybody ever seen Lion King? Right? Okay. You know the hyenas, right? The hyenas, and they're sitting there, and they're in the caves, and they're like, they're talking about the king, the lion king, and they're like, hey, hey. What's his name? Mufasa. Mufasa. Say it again. Say it again. Mufasa. Ooh. They hear the name and it causes them to shudder. It causes them to shake. It causes them to bear. Ah, even the name is scary. Yeah. Yeah. We serve a God that when demons hear his name, they shudder. Yeah. Yes. And here's the fun news. The same spirit... That raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. Yes. If you said yes to Jesus, if you were a Christ follower, if you've received the Holy Spirit, then you know that the exact same one that raised Jesus from the dead, that power now lives in us. So listen, you are not only are we called to not be afraid, like we are called to be fearless people, but also we're actually supposed to be the kind of people that the enemy is afraid of. Yeah. That he's afraid of the God that is in us, the God that lives in us, the spirit that dwells within us, the one that Paul writes that the kingdom of God is not a matter of mere talk, but of power. There is a God who is all-powerful, who is almighty, and he lives within us. He dwells within us. We are his people. He is for us. And when the enemy hears his name, he shudders. So even, I just tonight, I'm just encouraging you. As, we, as we're launching into this storm the gates kind of thing, we're like, what kind of people storm the gates? What kind of people look and they decide that they're not going to sit back any longer? What kind of people look and then they see gates and they're like, no, we're not going to let the gates keep us away. We're going to go in. There's a old song. I don't know how old, sounds really old, but, and then listen, I'm no pastor Brandon we probably wouldn't sing this here, but he said, I went into the enemy's gates and and I took back what he stole from me and I took back what he stole from me and I took back what he stole from me. Into the enemy, I was really low, and he took back what he stole from me. Satan is under my feet. I went into the enemy's gates and I took back what he stole from me. We're not gonna be the people that say, Oh, I have just had so many things where the, the Satan is just taking them from me, and he's taking from my friends and my family, and there's attack and attack, and I don't know what to do. No, 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 we're gonna say, Oh, oh. oh. I went into the enemy's gates and I, come on, took back what he stole from me and I took back what's really easy, and I took back what he stole from me into the enemy, come on, really easy, and I took back what he stole from me. Satan is under my feet. Listen, that is the kind of people that we are to be. The people that see that that, that we have an enemy that has come to kill and steal and destroy, but we have a God who comes to bring life and life to the full, who is in us, who terrifies that enemy, and so we're going to go in and we're going to take back that which he has tried to steal from us. That which he has tried to steal from our community, from our friends, from our family. Sounds good. Sounds exciting, I wanna do it. How, how? Let me read some of Jesus' words. These, this, this, this scripture right here, John 14, verse 12. This is mind blowing. Jesus, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do. Why? because I'm going to the Father, and whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, in order that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it." Yeah. What? Jesus, like, the, what does he think? I mean, Jesus, like, we know Jesus, like, he fed 5,000, he fed 3,000, he walked on water, he levitated, you know, he raised people from the dead, right? Like, I mean, I mean he himself raised from the dead and he looks and he says, you will do even greater things. That's crazy. But why? Is it because he's like, Hey guys, I'm peacing out and you're actually better without me. So you'll go and you'll do better things. No, 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 no. He's saying, Hey, I am going to the father. And if you will pray in my name, if you will pray to me, If you will seek me, if you will know my heart, know my will. Isaiah says that, where right writing Isaiah, that if we will ask of him what he wants of his sons, then we command, God, would you do this? So we seek after him and we say, God, what is your heart? What is it that you want to do? And as we get to know him, we say, oh, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. We pray his will and we see him move prayer as broken as it makes us feel. Like, prayer is the the tool of a broken person. But guess what? We have a whole God. Prayer is the tool of the weak. But guess what? We are all really weak in comparison to the almighty, all-powerful. We can't do it in our own strength. But if we call on his name, guys, how crazy is it? I mean, Jesus, like, do you guys think, like, Jesus, like, didn't sin? So therefore, he couldn't lie. And he says, y'all will do even greater things than me. What? That's that's insane. No, no, Jesus. I mean, I'm sure the disciples were like, whoa. Wow. You made it a long time before you sinned, Jesus. But that can't be true. And he's like, no, guys, listen. Because I am good. Because I am all powerful. Because I am going to my Father. Ask of me. And you will have what you ask for. If we want to be the kind of people that advance the kingdom, that, that seek and, and, and that, that actually go into the enemy's camp, if we want to be the kind of people that storm the gates, the weapon that we've been given to do that is prayer. I'm going to tell you a story, really, uh, another quick story. Uh, this is about a guy named Moses. Anybody ever heard of Moses? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to need a volunteer, though. I'm going to need a volunteer. Uh, I, need, I need a good... Uh, right here, right here. We need... This is perfect. You look like Moses. Doesn't this look like Moses? All right. All right. Come here, Mo. All right. Here's what I'm going to need you to do. I need you to hold this above your head. I'm going to tell this story, and I just need you to hold it up above your head. All right. Keep it up there. Keep it up there. Okay. Exodus. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Exodus 17. Exodus 17. All right, we're going to start in verse 8. How are you doing? You are doing good. You are doing great. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men to go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand up on the hill with my staff, with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites, as Moses had ordered. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands like we're doing here, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hand, no, 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 keep them up, keep them up. Yeah, there we go. Whenever he lowered his hands, the, the, the Israelites were losing. And when, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and the other on the <laughs> other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. All right, so we got our Moses, so I'm going to be our Joshua here, all right, so I'm going to go all, I'm going to Lisa Bevere it up in here, and uh, so here's the story. So we have the Amalekites, and they're coming after the Israelite people, and, and it's, here, here's the thing, these are, these are nomads, and, and, uh, and so they, they feel like the Israelites have, have come into their territory, and so these, kind, these people are kind of punks, though because they don't face the Israelites head on. What they do is they actually sneak behind them, and they attack from the rear, which means that mean um, think of the Israelites, right? They're walking through the desert. And this is a whole people group, right? There's a lot of people. And, and so who's generally going to be at the back? The people that are going to be at the back are going to be the people that maybe are sick, the people that are injured. going to be the people that, that are older. You're going to have your children at the back. And so the Amalekites decided that they were going to attack from the back. And they started killing the children and they started killing the the elderly and they started killing the sick. And as they did that, it did not please the Lord. And so Moses goes to Joshua and he says, all right, Josh, we're going to go to war with these people that have been killing our children, that have been killing our parents, that have been attacking us. And so you're going to go and you're going to fight the battle. And I'm going to go up on the mountain And I'm going to pray. I'm going to take the staff and I'm going to pray. And so Joshua goes out and he starts to, he he starts to fight this battle. And and I want you to picture what Joshua must've felt in this battle. Because Joshua likely didn't comprehend in this time that Moses holding up the staff is what caused him to to win, right? So here Joshua is, and and the battle starts, and so Moses is, like, strong at this point, and so Joshua's like, yeah, I am awesome. Woo, I am just kicking tail. Like, he's advancing, and the the Amalekites are losing, and and Joshua's like, man, dude, I am a good fighter. This is, like, my first battle, but woo, I am good. And then... Moses gets tired and his arms go down. And Joshua's like, What just happened? I am horrible. I have no skill whatsoever. I'm dying. My people are losing. This is just a lame. Moses' hands go up. Oh, there it is. I knew I was good. I knew that, that was just a moment. Right? And he's like, Yeah, right? And then all of a sudden he's losing. And Moses up and down and up and down. <laughs> How are we doing? Awesome. Good. You're doing great. Would you like an Aaron and her? If I can get an Aaron and her to run up and help, just hold his arms. If we can get an Aaron and her. Anyone, just two people run up, two people. One, I need one more, one more. All right, this is Aaron. This is her. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Listen, it's with a U though. So you're fine. This is good, it's good. Okay. Imagine what's going on. I mean, here we are. And and Joshua is, is with the people, or Joshua's with the army, and he's advancing and they're winning. And Moses' hands are up. And then, and then his hands go down, and Joshua's retreating, and they're losing. What's going on? Moses lifts his hands in prayer. We're going forward. We're advancing. Down. Ah. Up. Yeah. Down. No. And he's having so confused because he doesn't know. But Aaron and her, see what they? I, I don't know how long it took them, but they were up there in the in the box seats with Moses watching. And they probably didn't realize at first that they're like, oh, we're winning. Yeah, this feels great. Oh, why are they losing? I don't know. Oh, now we're winning again. And then after a while, they realized it had to do with Moses's arms. And they're like, oh, he's getting kind of tired. He's a little older. Let's just help him prop up his arms. It's so, <laughs> so old. I know, I'm sorry. I should have had Pastor Brandon up here. <laughs> I'm older. <laughs> I'm older, I'm older. (laughs) So when Moses' hands were up, they would win, and when they were down, they would lose. Give it up for Moses, Aaron, and her. Give it up, yes, good job, good job. There's a couple pictures in this story that I wanna highlight, a couple things. Clearly, the, the easy one to see is the power of prayer. Yeah. The easy thing to see is that, is that Moses, would, would, when, when he was lifting his hands, right? And the Bible repeatedly uh, gives the image of lifting hands as being a prayerful act. And he was lifting up the rod that, that represented the power of God. And so as he was doing that, they would be winning. And, and so it's easy to see. But, but here's what was also happening is that the Lord was in this moment not just helping his people, but he was revealing to them. He was saying it's not by your might it's not by your power but it's by my spirit that you can advance. And so he was pointing out, "Hey listen, you guys aren't that great of fighters unless you're empowered by me. When you're empowered by me through prayer, then all of a sudden We start to walk in power. We start to walk in strength. We start to advance his kingdom and push forward, and we start to push back the darkness that attacks. And then when we stop praying, it's amazing how much we start to retreat. We start to step back. Do you know what I find really interesting in this story? Moses got tired of praying before Joshua got tired of fighting. A lot of us get excited about like, advancing the kingdom, and there's all these things I want to do for God. I want to I go and I want to advance the kingdom, so I'm going to go do, 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 do. Yeah. And you can, be, you can be inspired and have full of excitement to go into action for the kingdom. But far too often we get tired of praying before we get tired of going and doing. But if we're not praying then we're not really advancing the kingdom because we're doing it in our own strength. We're doing it in our own power. We're doing it in our own might. And we may think we're doing good things for a little bit, but ultimately the way of the kingdom is through prayer, through his power, through his strength, so that if we will be people that lift up our hands, I love where Paul writes. He says, I would that men everywhere, men, I want the men to look at me. I would that men everywhere would lift up holy hands in prayer. Men, you are called, you you are called to be men of prayer. I don't know what you're going to do with your life. I don't know what you want to do with your life. But I know that according to the scripture, we are all called to be men of prayer. I would that men everywhere would lift up their hands in prayer. Guys, ladies, I want to thank you for praying. I've seen, I've been in, I've been in student ministry for a long time. And it seems that whenever there's a prayer meeting, we got two to one, sometimes three to one girls, to guys, I don't know why ladies pray. Guys think it's they—they don't need to. I don't. DSM is not going to be that. DSM is going to be a people that we all—not that the ladies stop so that the men can start—that we all are men and women of prayer that we will all lift up our holy hands in prayer, that we will all lift up, say, hey, look, we know that we need people to advance. We need the army down. We need people that are doing the stuff, but we also need the intercessors. We also need those that are lifting up their hands in the place of prayer. Yes. It's how we advance. It's how we move forward. Yeah. The church is at its best when we're praying. Right. The more or less that the church prays is the more or less that we are successful, that we advance the kingdom when we pray and we see it throughout history. We we see it throughout the story of God. When people pray, God moves. And when we're silent, interesting that it seems that he is as well. He's called us to pray. He said, guys, 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 it's real simple. All I'm asking you to do is ask me to do what I've already told you that I want to do. Like I gave you the word. And so ask me to do it, get to know me, get to know my heart. And then I want to partner with you. I want to use you. I want to to do this with you. And so just ask me. We're going to be people of prayer. A few things we can see in this story. Number one is that prayer must be persistent. Notice that Moses didn't stand up on the mountain, look down and say, Lord bless them, may they win. Let's watch. Right? Moses didn't just say one time prayer, bless them, let victory come today. I've done my job, Joshua, you do yours. No, it was Moses' job to persist in the place of prayer, to continue praying, to pray and pray and pray some more. And when they were advancing, do you know what Moses did? He prayed. And when they started to retreat, he was reminded, oh, I should pray. Persistence in prayer. I want to encourage all of you do not uh, overlook the importance of 20 second prayers. Right? Scripture says to pray without ceasing. I want to encourage you the importance of as you are walking down the hallway of your school and you see a friend and you just say five, 10 second prayer for them. Those are some of the most important. Those are some of the, the ones that I believe when we, get to, to, when we get to heaven and we see the story and, and the Lord shows us how He directed mankind throughout history. We're going to be shocked that the eloquent prayers were nice, but the simple prayers moved his heart. We're going to be shocked at the five second prayers that changed history. Don't overlook the small prayers. Pray persistently. Do what it takes to remind yourself to be praying throughout the day. If you want to be advancing the kingdom, if you want to be going into the enemy's camp, if you want to be storming the gates then you better be persistent in your prayer life. You better continue to pray. Yes. You better not stop. You better not retreat. Keep going. We can't forget that God rules the world. He is sovereign. But he does it through a praying people. He moves when his people pray. Second thing is that prayer is better in partnership. Prayer is better in partnership Moses needed Aaron and her to lift up his hands. Moses got tired and, and he was strengthened and encouraged by his brothers. He was strengthened and encouraged by friends coming around him and lifting up his arms in prayer. Guys, there is no doubt about it. I believe that, that solitude, I be- believe that individual prayer, it has been one of the most important things in my life. The, the, the prayer, the conversation between me and the Lord that happens throughout the day is, one, it is, it is my lifeline. It is so important. Yeah. But when we start talking about storming the gates, when we start talking about advancing the kingdom, there is nothing that will strengthen you like partnership in the place of prayer. Corporate prayer, coming together. Acts 1 before Pentecost, what happened? They met together regularly to persist right. in prayer. The people of God coming together to pray and encourage each other in prayer. This week, we're doing this Pray 168, right? We're we're taking a whole week to go night and day, 24 hours a day for 168 hours to pray and to worship together. We could do it where we set it up and people are all over the city at their house praying by themselves. I love that. That is beautiful. But there's something powerful that happens when we come together in unity and pray. So I don't care if it's you coming and joining a prayer meeting. Or if it's you having a prayer meeting before school with one or two other people, and listen, you start a prayer meeting before school, there's like two other people, you know. I, I know, listen, you're, you're the only normal one. I get it. Like you show up to the prayer meeting and you're like, these people are weird. That's great. Weird people pray great prayers. It's all right, the Lord doesn't care if we're weird. The Lord doesn't care if you're cool. He's like, I'll answer those prayers. I'll answer weird prayers. I'll answer any kind of prayers. I like people that pray. So, pray together. It's an accountability. It brings us together and it's a strengthening. Because Moses got tired and he needed his brothers to lift his arms. You're going to get tired, but there is something to someone coming beside you and say, Hey, I'm here with you. I'm going to show up tomorrow morning. Will you be there? Well, if you'll be there, I'll be there. Let's do this. Let's pray. Prayer must be persistent. Prayer is better in partnership, and prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Matthew seven seven. Jesus' the words of Jesus are pretty important. Would you say? Yeah. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. That sounds like it's a pretty big deal for us to pray. Ask, seek, knock. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. If my people called by my name, humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways. I will hear them. I will forgive them and I will heal their land. We live in a land that needs some healing. And the Lord gives us a key. He says, yeah. I told you how to do it. Pray, call unto me, turn from any wicked ways, come to me, ask me to move, I will. There's a a common phrase I hear regularly, this idea that prayer doesn't change God, prayer changes us. And um, there's no doubt, you cannot convince God to do something he does not want to do, okay? Just get over that. You're not going to change the character of God. But prayer, I I just have the issue with the idea that prayer changes only us. In DLA, it's one of our great convictions that we are going to have our DLA students in the prayer room regularly because we believe that we want them to be discipled by Jesus. We want them changed in the place of prayer. Prayer, without a doubt, changes us. But let's just think what Jesus said. Like Jesus told us, he said, think of Pike speak. He said, if you speak to that mountain and you say move, then what's going to happen is your disposition towards the mountain is going to change. No, no. He said, if you speak to that mountain to move, it will move. Guys, prayer isn't just about changing us. Prayer does change us. There are times we come before the Lord and we are changing his presence. But prayer changes our surroundings. Prayer changes history. Prayer changes the atmosphere. Prayer changes things. So, it's, so prayer is powerful because it's not just about this, this self thing that I'm gonna come and as I pray, I get changed. I'm not belittling that. I believe in that wholeheartedly. I want to be changed in the presence of God. But also, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. If, that means that if we don't, it's not gonna happen, right? I will hear, I will forgive, and I will heal their land. It's a big deal. It's not, it's not this thing that we just do because it's a religious duty. It's not this thing that we just do because we feel like, oh, I guess I have to. I mean, you'll hear us talk all about, uh, all the time talk about that we believe that prayer is an exciting place to be. And that seems so weird. Until you see history changed. Until you see the sick healed. Until you see legs that are different lengths grow to be the same. Until you see lives changed. Until you see an addict walk in and a free man walk out. And when you start to see that, You start to say, huh, I'm gonna go into the enemy's camp. I'm gonna take back what he stole. I'm gonna advance this kingdom, not in my own power, not in my own strength, my own wisdom, my own goodness, my own greatness, whatever, but because my God and what he can do, what he has invited me to partner with him in, this idea of prayer, what? And I can do it alone, I can do it with people. I can do it in the morning. I can go at night. I can do it while I'm in the car. I can do it when I'm playing basketball. I can do it while I'm mowing the lawn. I can do it while I'm doing homework. I, I mean, I, I can pray all the time. I can be impacting history with my prayers. I can sit in history class and change history simply by praying. If my people will pray, I will hear them. I will heal their land Friends, I think we need a land or we are in a land that needs healing. We're in a time that is desperate for Jesus. And I am saddened, I am heartbroken over the attack of the enemy that is happening right now. Because no doubt about it, we are called to advance, right? But the enemy does attack. And we have had over the last couple months in our city, shootings, we've had young people taking their lives We've had brokenness. We've, we, we, we see it every day. We, see, we, see, we, we talk with young people that are broken homes, that are broken in, in, in their purity, that are living in confusion, that are living with anxiety, self-hatred, self-harm. And we're just kind of done with it kind of fed up with the enemy attacking. And we're saying, you know what? If there's something we can do, we're gonna do it. Yeah. Friends, there is something that we can do. We see all the time, and, and, and it's right, when, when a tragedy happens and we see people on the news and we see uh, uh, officials and leaders that say, you know, now is the time to pray. And it is the time to pray. But we know as believers that our time to pray starts before the tragedy happens. Because if we pray, it may never happen. And when tragedy happens, no doubt we pray because we serve a God who takes ashes and makes beauty. There's no doubt we pray because we serve a God who turns brokenness into wholeness. We serve a God who takes what the enemy meant for evil and he uses it for good. But we're not gonna wait for tragedy. We're gonna get ahead of it and we're gonna pray that your kingdom come let your will be done. You, the giver of life, the one who wants to give life and life to the full, would you come? My encouragement to each one of us is that we would be men and women that recognize that we have power in the place of prayer, that we've been given an enemy or there's an enemy before us and we've been given a weapon. We're not helpless. We're not defenseless. And we Actually are called to be on the offense, to press forward, that we see our friends that are hurting, and we say, "I'm going to pray with them and for them. I'm going to pray for my parents. I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for my school. I'm going to pray for my city. I'm going to pray for my own life. When you see a young person who is, who is living, they're, they're living for God and, and, and their heart is alive in God. There's no doubt that that is likely the fruit of a personal prayer life. But do you know what else is there? I guarantee, or your money back, that they got a grandma somewhere praying for them. They got a mom praying for them. They got a dad. They got an uncle. They got someone who is praying for them. We, sitting in this room, if you have said yes to Jesus, you are the answer to somebody else's prayer. Who are you going to pray for? How are you going to advance his kingdom? How are you going to say yes to partnership with him? God, you have said that if we will pray, you will move. And we have no reason to fear. We have no reason to be cowards. We have no reason to be in- controlled. Because we are free in you, sons and daughters, invited to partner with you. So. We're, we're we're like like we really believe in this thing. I don't know if you know that. Like like Pastor Brandon, like he really believes that prayer matters. Do you know that? Like we don't like like we don't just add it to our worship time every week cuz we think it's like oh, we got a, well, how are we going to fill some time, right? That's not what we do. like we really believe this thing matters. And so what you do when you care when, when something matters to you is that you sacrifice for that what you care for. And so what we have decided to do as as DSM, as desperation, as as, as this team is we're going to put prayer at a very important place. And we're actually going to be a people that, that we sacrifice. We can do a lot of good things, a lot of fun things, a lot of great things, but we're going to, we're going to take time and we're going to make sure that we are praying first and foremost. And so over the, next, over the next week specifically, and it's not ending after this week, but specifically I want to invite you to really jump in and partner with us in prayer. Tonight we're, we're going to forego going down and, and driving down to, to Heaven Chick-fil-A. And we're not going to get that chicken sandwich and sweet tea. Lord, help us all. <laughs> Sorry, those of us, those maybe fasting, those, let's just meditate on the, never mind. We're going to come back here tonight and DSM after dark tonight, we're going to turn it into a prayer meeting. Yeah. Would you come? Would you storm the gates with us? Would you come and join us and advance the kingdom? Would you come and take back some of what the enemy may have stolen with us tonight? Nine o'clock in here. We're going to turn DSM After Dark into a prayer meeting. Friday night, right? We got this thing once a month called Friday Night Fire. (laughs) Friday Night Fire. I want to encourage you to come join us. Come, Come be a part of the prayer meeting. Come storm the gates with us on Friday night. You could be doing a lot of things on Friday night. Most young people don't think Friday night and think, oh, prayer meeting. Will you? Come be a part. Next week, we're going to turn this whole thing into a concert of prayer. Come back. Come be a part. Bring a friend. Bring the friend that you know that you are praying for. Yeah. Bring the person that you say, someone has prayed for me. This is the person I'm praying for. Yeah. Right. Let's see what may happen. I love, I love this idea with David when, when tragedy happened in his life and he went to the place of prayer. His son was dying and he went to the place of prayer. And, 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 and it turned out that his son actually died and, and he got up and he was fine. And they said, what are you doing? Why are you praying? And David said this thing. I prayed because who knows what God might do. Who knows? You got a friend who's sick? Come, bring him next week. Who knows what God might do? I'm not guaranteeing there's going to be healing, but who knows what God might do? You have a friend who's far from the Lord? Ask him to come. They may laugh in your face, but who knows what God might do? I'm going to invite you to stand, band, if you guys want to come up. We, we, we... I'm excited for this idea, this, this series, Storm the Gates. You don't do this. Listen, the DSM staff, they, they didn't come up with this because they were like, "Who? what's a catchy phrase? This is like a war cry. This is declaring that, that, that we know that there's an enemy who's, who has come and he has killed and he has stolen and he has destroyed, but we are gonna declare, we are gonna storm those gates. And we are gonna see the giver of life Bring life in our city. We're going to pray for it at your school. We're going to pray for it in your family, with your friends, in your own life. So here's what I want to do. I wanna, go ahead, and if you would, I want you to just go ahead and close your eyes. And I want you just right where you're at. We're going to pray for a minute right where you're at, and and I want you to first just take time to pray. If there's an area in your life that you feel like the enemy has stolen and you are asking Jesus, would you redeem this? Jesus, would you bring healing? Jesus, would you bring hope? If there's something that has gone on, something that's broken, and you're saying, Lord, would you restore? Something that's sick, Jesus, would you heal? Insecurity, Jesus, would you reveal our true identity? Depression, Jesus, would you anoint us with the oil of joy? Sickness, God, would you come and heal? Fear, God, would I know your perfect love that brings confidence? Let's take back a little bit, just right now. Here, take the next 30 seconds, and I want you to think of someone else that you're going to pray for. Someone else that you know that they are in desperate need. Psalmist wrote, Let your mercy come quickly, for we are in desperate need. Who is it that you know needs breakthrough in their life? Who is it that you know is far from Jesus? Who is it that you know that pick that one person? We're going to take 30 seconds and pray for them. All over the room, every person. Ready, go. spirit to rise in this city we pray for the activity of god to be evident and seen we pray for healing and freedom hope and life in the name of jesus now i want to ask those of you tonight we've taken some time and we've talked about prayer tonight if you want to say you know what like you talked about calling us to be men and women that are that are that, that pray Even in my opening prayer, my prayer is that there would be some of you here tonight that they get just this like ache in your spirit that you're going to pray, this conviction that you're going to be someone who has conversation with God regularly. I want to pray for those of you that would say tonight, you'd say, hey, I want to be that person. I want to, I want to actually enjoy the place of prayer. I want to be drawn to pray. I want to say yes to my calling to be a man who lifts up holy hands in prayer. I want to say yes to my invitation that I received from God to intercede on behalf of others, to know him and ask that your kingdom come, that your will be done. If that's you, I want to invite you to raise your hand, now."
1: to yield and bend under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, whatever head bow, every eye close tonight. We won't take a whole lot of time, but it, Gosh, if you're in this place tonight, and you say, "I just I need Jesus in my life. I need to I need His forgiveness of my sins. I need to start having a real relationship with Him, not just kind of going through the motions." Maybe it's your first time here tonight. Maybe you've been coming for years and years, but you don't have a personal, thriving relationship with Jesus. It's your night to surrender to him. Listen up, you guys. This is not a scare tactic, but as I just think about tomorrow is not promised. so we would be so remiss if we ended this even this night tonight without giving you an opportunity to say hey I need to make Jesus my Lord I need him to be my Savior So every head bow, every eye closed. If that's you tonight and you say, I just, I need a savior. I need his forgiveness. I've walked away from him, but now I need to come back to him. I need his forgiveness. I need his life in me. I need his hope tonight. I need to be forgiven. If that's you, I want you to lift up both your hands to Jesus tonight and know that he sees you right where you are. know that he loves you and he is committed to you lifted I just want you to pray this prayer would you say Father I ask for your forgiveness because I have sinned because I am a sinner I believe that Jesus you are the son of God come on say it loud enough for hell to hear you Jesus you are the son of God And you died on a cross for my sins so that I could be a child of God. So tonight... not my own I've been bought with a price now I surrender everything to you be my savior be my lord be my father and my friend tonight in Jesus' name in Jesus' name you know just like that
0: vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.